Blog Talk Radio. It's now time for Race Chat Live with Chris Creighton and Craig Moore. All right, race fans, how the heck are you? It's another episode of Race Chat Live. It's our debut kickoff season show, uh, first for this year. This will be, I believe, our fifth year with Race Chat Live. We've got uh, Craig Moore along with us here tonight, as well as our other co-host and friend, Taz Taylor. All right, folks, we're here live. Nice, nice. Yes. Good to be back. Everybody Chris, can hear me okay? Yeah, what the hell were you up to lot during the off season, Chris? <laughs> uh, well, that's my Yeah, what's, what's, what's your Mississippi boy doing down there? <laughs> uh, not too much. Just, uh, you know, the refresher, I guess. Uh you know, to be honest with you, it's kind of like retirement. When you when you're able to step away for those couple of months, you literally just check out. Um, I've really I've been the old man in my slippers, uh, watching the sunset, drinking a cup of coffee. That's that's uh, that'll explain what I've done for the last three or four months. What about you guys? Go ahead, Taz. Oh, what have I been up to? Recently moved into a new house and getting a new car because my cobalt decided to take a pooper. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, that's always good. That's always good. What else is new? How's the how's the baby prep coming along? We're right around eight months pregnant and uh we're now we're getting right up to the weekly appointment we're getting on the bi-weekly nice now uh how much i gotta ask i don't really care how much weight she's gained because that would be not nice of me to ask so i'm gonna ask you how much weight have you gained um can i ask i'm gonna answer that with a question what's the scale sure sure what what is a scale well, I mean, did you gain five pounds? Did you gain ten pounds? Did you gain fifteen? Did you gain twenty? Did you lose weight? Gosh, I have no idea. That's why I'm asking. What's the scale? <laughs> well, I mean, are your pants a little snug? I mean, I had a belt before, and I still wearing a belt to keep them up now. Uh, all right, so you obviously didn't gain much weight. Not really. It's I hard gained, for me to gain gained, much weight. I gained a ton of weight with my when when mine were when mine were expecting, and I still haven't lost that son with them. So, you know. But Chris's goatee has gotten bigger over the years. Please enter your host pin. When finished, press the pound key. Really. Uh, Oh, we're you know this, this was uh, this this they would not be race chat live if we didn't have a complete meltdown of the computer uh, about two seconds before we went on air. So obviously, as you can hear, I am connecting 
What do you know? Yeah, there we there we go. The first bang of twenty twenty three. You want another one? Let's do it again. <laughs> Look, All right. I was trying to get I was trying to get our new promo put on as well, but I could not convert it into the file that my ancient old computer recognizes. So thanks to Apple for uh being so far advanced and uh, my uh, old Windows ninety eight computer is <laughs> not quite advanced. <laughs> and so we, we were to, unable to we were unable to convert that file. We need to start file. a GoFundMe account for you to get a computer. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if I'd have done a little bit more work instead of walking around in my uh, sandals all winter. Um, so, we, well, Chris, I, I know where Chris, this question is coming from because these guys did not literally hear from me for like two months. Like I mean, when I when I close out the show for the end of the year. I basically, you'll get a, hey, Merry Christmas, Happy Thanksgiving. And then somewhere about two weeks before the show, I start creeping back around and trying to involve myself again with my with my teammates. Whether or not that makes me a diva teammate, I, it probably does. But uh, I have great friends who have accepted me for uh, for who I am. And uh, that, that it's not actually Craig and Taz that have done that. But uh, I do have some good friends that have accepted me for who I am. So. So Chris, we are since uh we're in a still in a couple opening minutes. We're gonna talk a sure. little bit about what kind of racing action uh we've been catching up on during the off season from the NASCAR from after the NASCAR championship race to obviously up to now. So Chris, while we got a few minutes on your end uh for this part of the segment, let's catch up on what racing action you've uh, been eyeballing. Oh, wow. So I, I like Taz, downloaded Float Racing. Uh become a subscriber sometime around the Thanksgiving, I believe it was. Uh, so I've been able to catch quite a few races. I was upset, very upset for the uh, Chili Bowl uh, because I was led to believe that I would be able to watch all the Chili Bowl. So I watched all four days only to be on the fifth day uh, where I found out that I'm not going to be able to watch the grand finale. Uh, but uh, outside of that, man, I mean, you know, the closing race out at uh, Sonoya over in Georgia was the same weekend as the East Alabama uh, race over in Phoenix City. Uh, that was a, man, <clears throat> I, I just hate it. East Alabama used to be the crown jewel of the South uh, for the closeout. The, uh, I believe it's the Alabama 100. Unfortunately, it's lost its lackluster. But I tell you what, Sonoya stepped in. And they had a huge crowd. And then, of course, I don't know about you guys, but, of course, you've had to have heard about the Ice Bowl, right? Uh, that's at Talladega Short Tracks. And, uh, man, oh, man, there was some drama along with some great racing. Uh, it's one of those few races you can turn your TV on on Sunday morning 
and uh, basically watch dirt track racing till late in the evening on Sunday. Uh, it's, uh, I think, uh, over 30-something years traditional uh, uh, event. Um, the Snowball Derby, like, this is supposed to be an off-season, guys. There's supposed to be an off-season in racing. At this point in time, I don't – I mean, we had the we, we had the Dome race where Tyler Carpenter picks up the win. It's uh, dirt in December. Tyler Carpenter has now got a truck ride for, I believe, what is it, Knoxville, Taz? Yep, yep. Uh, so Tyler Carpenter <clears throat> able to uh, walk into victory lane in his Hey Dudes. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. Um, but, uh, man, I mean – you know, we may have taken a break, but racing has come, has trucked on on, guys. I mean, you know, without a doubt, uh, it's hard to call an off-season here, especially in the South, uh, uh, when it comes to racing. And we're ready to gear things back up. Uh, obviously, uh, Pete Walton, uh, his series, the USCS uh, Sprint Cars, they're, they're going to be uh, where, right down the road from uh, Craig Moore, who... I mean, somehow we failed to mention Craig. He's no longer in New York. He's no longer a Yankee. He's, as a matter of fact, I don't know if he's considered a damn Yankee living in South Florida. Seems like that's where most of them go when they retire. Craig, are you uh, are you uh, knocking on the door for retirement, sir? Let's find out a little bit about your runaway. You had a well, vacation and didn't go back. Well, no, it really wasn't a vacation. It, we well, it was a vacation in July. Then we came down and looked at places in September, and uh, then we made the move down here in November. Uh, I actually, I absolutely love it down here. Probably should have done this 20 years ago. Well, no, not 20 years ago, but I should have done it a long time ago. Uh, getting ready. Actually, I'm excited because uh, I'm going to catch some racing action this weekend. And, and uh, I'm posting about it. Yeah, Hendry County uh, Speedway is uh, about five miles from me. Yeah, but no, I, I lie, about 15 miles from where I live. Uh, we're going to go over and, and we're going to go up, sit in the booth for a little while. We're going to go uh, in the pit, talk to the promoter, talk to the owner. Uh, and then we're going to work on a way to help promote his, his racing action each and every week. We're going to have him on the show in a couple of weeks. But. Well, uh, have you, Craig, have you done any, uh, any I can't hear you. Racing? I, I, I really can't hear you with that background noise. I don't know what it is. Uh, it might be Chris in the background noise. I don't know. Say that again, Tess. That might be Chris in the background. No, you asked a question. Oh. You asked me a have question. You been eyeball- have you been eyeballing any uh, racing while we've been off air for the last couple months, besides the one no. you're going to this weekend? No, not really. Um, the off-season was pretty busy with me. Work has kept me pretty busy during the off-season because, unlike you, we don't have snow down here. And by the way, we did survive winter of by the way by the way, we did survive the winter of twenty twenty two, Saturday and Sunday. And even Monday was uh was super cold down here in South Florida. And by super cold I mean thirty degrees. Um but went out on the bike on Saturday, went out on the bike Sunday, rode the bike Monday to work and today and uh 
So, you know, the winter is over. It'll be back in the 80s later this week. Thank goodness. But, uh, no, I didn't really get a chance to eyeball any races. Um, we are, I am looking into getting flow. We are looking into getting flow. And um, I believe Dirt Track Television, uh, we've, we've talked about it, whether or not we pull the trigger and do it. I'm not 100% certain, but uh, well, no, just super excited. I'm just gonna recommend you, Craig. Dirt Track Digest. I would not. Hi- I would not recommend. Okay. Uh, no mislead. No falling iguanas. I didn't see any falling iguanas, but in Naples today, I did see two huge deer right in the city. So, that's the answer, Miss Lee's question. Um. Yeah, I mean we're looking at we're looking at one or both of them. Probably we'll see. Uh, it's probably going to be flow racing. That's good. Uh, you get flow, you'll see Fonda. Yeah, that's that's what we were talking about. So, but we head up to we might head actually head up to Volusia uh, next weekend uh, for some go. racing. And then we're going for uh, the Daytona 500. We're going up Saturday and Sunday. Um, going to ride up Saturday, get to the campsite, and pitch the pitch the tent and the camper, and then head over to the track on Sunday. So I'm ready for that. I'm super ready for that. That was a really 51st birthday present. But uh, what about well, Craig, you guys? <clears throat> Yes, sir. Craig, I, I do want to say that uh, there is a new broadcasting company out, a company out there. It's called XR, and we're all kind of keeping our eye on it. These guys are going to be broadcasting the Bristol race. So the dirt nice. on Bristol, yeah, it's XR. Uh, it's Barry Braun. He's uh, doing a lot of things behind the scenes, guys, on on some racing stuff. And uh, he's, uh, he's going to be uh, broadcasting the uh, dirt from Bristol on his own network, it's called the XR Network. Uh, I got, I can send you guys a link if y'all would like. We'll post that yeah, there on the do. website. Please Ten. do. Go ahead. Ah, I see Chris's little XR broadcasting. Oh wow, that's all it is. It just says XR. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, when you click on it it opens it up to a chat link. Oh, seriously? Yeah, seriously. I wouldn't shit you, man. You're my favorite turd. This this is uh this you know, this is uh well, we act like we've never done this before. If if it was any other way, why would you listen to us? I mean, seriously, we're just a bunch of jackasses trying to have fun on a Tuesday night. Which out of that guys we went to we went from Monday nights to Tuesday nights. Uh, that's a big change. Now I think yeah. that Craig and I have done the show on Thursday nights. We've done a show on Monday nights. Now we're doing a show on Tuesday nights. Let's just go ahead and put down for Sunday nights next year. Oh, Craig. no. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, either way, you can still listen to us on our podcast. Of course, we have a a, a sloth of 
<laughs> is that is that the right word? Uh, of <laughs> of uh, yeah yeah well I, a cascade of uh, networks that you can download our podcast on of uh, Google Drive I believe Spotify. I wonder if they've uh, tried to kick us off Spotify. I bet if they listen to our show, they probably try to kick us off Spotify. Heart Radio, um, and of course Apple iTunes. So uh, basically, we're on any major uh, podcast system. It's not hard to find the show. Just look up One Ten Nation Sports, and then find the Race Chat Live link. Uh, we will be kicking off the uh, the other show on the network uh, in, I believe, April. That's going to be uh, what's the name of the other show? Southern Dirt Track Report, and of course our fearless leader. Mr. C.J. Sports, I believe he is starting his show next week on Monday night. Uh, it will be the uh, the 110 Nation Sports Show. Glad to be uh, bringing everything back on air. All right. So, uh, Chris getting in some show plug-ins. And, yes, we are back on Tuesday nights. And before we uh, – I kind of get into – um, some of the details of what we got planned for this year for Race Chat Live. If you haven't been catching our updates uh, throughout our Facebook page, I'll give in since Chris and Craig have been giving their uh, their takes on their on their off season racing mishaps if they've had any over our two month off season from being on air. But uh, here we. I'll give my takes as the first one would be the back in November, the short track super series Cajun swing. I believe it was Uh, Chris. I know you watched it on flow racing. Uh, It was great to see the Northeast guys collab with the Louisiana, Texas, uh, some of those drivers down there running the Northeast style, big block modifieds. Great. Uh, I do enjoyed it. I do believe the best, Cajun region driver out of all five of those nights because they did a they did a point fund for the racing down there and I believe the best Cajun region driver for that one was Cody Kaimig and he didn't even participate in the entire 2021 Cajun region schedule during the actual race season and he's looking to step up his plate this year so uh, Caleb Dillard and Tommy Rasco are going to have some hot competition in w- at least one of the time. Maybe. I'm not sure if his dad's going to do the full back. season or not, but Cody's aiming, going to try to aim for it. I know the Cajun region has some new tracks to go to this year. I also I got flow racing and watched the Gateway Dirt Nationals, as Chris mentioned earlier. Also got to see... A couple of replays of the of some of the Stafford Speedway weekly racing action. Uh, if you haven't, if you haven't already, I would go su- suggest to get to sus- subscribing to the Flow Racing. It is one hundred fifty dollars a year, but you get so much content: race replays, um, live events. For numerous tracks, asphalt, dirt, you name it, they pretty much got it. And 
I can't wait for what 2022 will bring for a lot of people. And again, Stafford Speedway. Oh, I'll mention Stafford Speedway later on in the show when we get to our segment. When we get to one of our segments later in the show. Yes, folks, we have segments this year. Uh, normally, the what we're going to do this year is the first half hour of our show is basically recap what each of the three of us have saw over the racing weekend, and then it's kind of like a, a race rewind, I guess you can call it. And then our one of our newer segments that we will get to in the in about a few minutes will be what's called the Black Flag News. And why are we calling it the Black Flag News? Is because we're, at this point, uh, usually NASCAR will release any uh, post-race infractions from the racing weekend. We'll talk, talk about that, discuss about that. And then, of course, any breaking news we get um, after Sunday. So Monday and, of course, Tuesday during the day, we'll bring in the news and we discuss our Thoughts, opinions, we might do throw a little debates here and there, but it's either we all, but at the end of the day, we all appreciate each other, we give our takes, and sometimes we agree to disagree. Like I said, some takes, not all. And then, um, new this year as well. Uh, we're, we're when we have guests, we're gonna limiting we're limiting our guests this year to about two at, at the very most three a month. And what we're gonna do with our guests this year is that we're gonna go live on our Facebook page for the guest half hour, which comes on in the second hour of our show for that half hour. Um, if we don't have a guest. We may do a Facebook Live of roundtable discussion, depending on what the topic is. We are bringing those back for the playoffs like we did last year. But if there are certain topics we need roundtable discussions, we want to go on Facebook Live and talk to our fans, we're going to do so. But other than that, our top of the show, if we don't have either one of those two, then we just keep on elaborating our black flag news, and then we, of course, end the show with our toasted tweet segment that we that Chris came up with towards the end of the year last year. And of course to our racing picks and answer our fan questions if we get one, so well, this year is gonna be a this year is gonna be a stellar year, I'm sure. No, I know we got a fan question already. Um, but if anybody wants to Submit fan questions. You can do so to one of the three of us, uh, or put it on our race chat my Facebook page, and uh, we'll be sure to answer it uh, live on the air Tuesday nights. And we encourage any and all questions. None, no question is stupid. No question is dumb. Uh, oh, you know, I don't. We mean have to more. Than just, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry, there, Craig. Um, I, it just popped up. We do cover local racing roundup as well. That essentially, if we have nothing to talk about for um, a certain for our 
top of the uh, top of the second hour of our show, we do our local racing roundup. Craig gives his local racing news from Florida. Chris gives his from Mississippi. I'll give mine from New York. So we'll cover as much as we can, and of course, we're going to try to expand our horizons this year. We're not going to we're we're going to try to we focus on NASCAR mostly, but we're going to try to expand our horizons. Make sure the local our local regions get covered more often. I know um, we've had some input on that. We've also had input on other major series, especially the lower ones. And thanks to Flow Racing, we'll be able to cover that. Greg, back to you. No, I, I just want to encourage people, different people, to call in or message in their requests, um, their questions. Uh, no question is a dumb question. Um, obviously, if you're asking it, you obviously don't know. If we don't know, well, we'll try to figure it out for you. I know uh, we already have a question for this week, um, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a little while. Um, I, I don't know, man. I think that 2022 is going to be a stellar year for racing. Um, I am, I am uh, maybe going ahead of the script a little bit, but this ain't WWE, so we can throw that script right out the window. Um, not so much because it's at the L.A. Coliseum, but because it's racing, and uh, you know, I I don't know what was more disheartening to see, whether it was Jimmy Johnson retiring, me, Jeff Gordon retiring, or Tom Brady finally hanging up the deflated balls that he carried around for so long. So I'm interested to. Uh, hear what you guys have to say well, for a little bit. Well, we're coming up to our uh, our newest segment with Black Flag News, so if we can kick it off a few minutes early. And Chris, you have or Craig, you have mentioned about the L.A. Coliseum oh, the class oh, no. this weekend. Hold on. I want to know that guy that did that. that that's pretty good. Whoever that guy is, he deserves <laughs> a raise. <laughs> Look, I've been working for the last hour to get this thing up there. I didn't mean to interrupt. That's what producers do sometimes. So there you go. That's our new opening. I think it sounds pretty badass. We wanted to get the boys back in town, the boys back in town. We wanted to get that, but Craig said it costs an earth load of money. And that's something that none of us have to spend because, well, you know, I mean, that's why we're doing the show because we're a bunch of broke mofos. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> so we got the other class coming up this weekend. I may drive a Camry and he may drive a Harley, but we're still fucking broke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I have found, though, in the last couple of days, that is the cheapest way to get back and forth to work. 
Oh, for sure. Did you see, and gas went up about 20 cents. But as a matter of fact, Craig Moore, when you go to work in the morning, gas is going to be about 20 more cents than what it was when you uh, got home tonight. We don't know how it happened, but we went across town and literally we were watching the signs go up as we were as we were rolling through town. I'll tell you how. Let's go, Brandon. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I thought we were supposed. To I actually got a cup. Racing. I actually got I, a cup that I put on. I actually got a cup that I put on the motorcycle, and it says. Uh, let's go, Brandon. And then I have a shirt that says, well, I won't say the word, but it says F. Biden. So let me ask you something, Craig. You've, you've, you've left, and we've got to get back on racing, but this has been killing me anyway. You, you left New York. New York is a predominantly Democrat state, right? I mean, everybody knows New York. It's basically a blue state. But you get to Florida, and Florida's been kind of blue at times, sometimes red. It's really moderate there in Florida. Have you noticed a cultural difference between the two? Between the two, uh, or is it, or does it just feel like a warmer New York to you? No, I honestly can say that down here it's a well, it's a mixture of the two. Um, I don't know if you what color you would get if you mix red and blue together, but like down here. You have your Biden supporters. You have your obviously your your Trump supporters. Um, hell, I think my father still flags his, flies his Trump flag in his yard. Um, but he's seventy five, so we don't tell him too much. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's kind of weird. People people are weird. They just. Um, it's either I love it. I don't know who just posted that picture, but I love it. Um, oh, it was Miss Lee. It's just it. I think it depends on where you're at. I do know that these bastards down here do not know how to drive. They're ten times worse than New York State. I do know how they do not know how to drive. People blame it on the snowbirds. To which I am not. So, and if you go, if you guys, uh, Chris, you might know what a snowbird is, but Chaz might not. Yeah, well, a snowbird is somebody that. Know, in ten years, we won't know the difference, Craig. You're out, you're, you're fifty no. something already. Um, and a snowbird is technically a term for people that come down from the north from like December to April. Right, they right. come they down, they spend their money, and then they go to hell back home. Um, you know, I'm not a snowbird. I got my Florida license, so I'm not no longer considered a snowbird. Now, the boss lady, she's still considered a snowbird because uh, she doesn't take license yet. But um, it is well, black, black news. news. Technically, snowbirds also eventually lay their nests in Florida. So, uh, I think most of the time they're just waiting for their uh, uh, for their to sell their second home. Um, but uh, yeah. hey, it is Black Flag News time, and Black Flag News, as Taz Taylor uh, informed us earlier, it's going to be a segment where we're catching up on the fuck ups, and uh, that's going to kind of be just about anything that uh, whether it be a rule mess up or something that we. 
I completely disagree with. Uh, I, I believe we want to keep this uh, th- this segment of the show open to what kind of we used to say with uh, with Craig Moore, which grinds his gears, right? Uh, but then yeah. more into a more into whether or not. See, we've been told already that NASCAR is not going to put up with any cheating. So this segment shouldn't really even exist, right? Because there's not going to be any penalties. Ah, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, God. That was the biggest lie I ever said. Taz. Listen, I'm a firm believer that you're going to see at least three penalties come out of this weekend at the Clash. No way. Yeah. I, I, I'm wondering at if least, they're going to be just a little bit lenient. Just a little you bit You know what? Lenient. I don't think they can be. I don't think they can be because I think they want to set a precedence for the year. Wow. And if they're lenient this weekend – then they're going to be they're going to have to be lenient next weekend, and so on, and through and through the first five races. Now I will tell you, I think I know who's going to get the first the car owner who will get the first penalty, and we're going to talk about the penalties here in a little while because they're pretty stiff. Um, I think you're going to see SHR get the first penalty. There's an over under on that, right? There's a bet. Yeah, is yeah. That a bet? That's a bet. Yeah, I think SHR. Is, I think SHR is going to get the first penalty. Ooh, ooh. I, I don't know. That's an I think it's going to be Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> well, that car should get a penalty just for showing up at the track. Holy <laughs> crap! That's a horrible well, um, design. Yeah. They didn't hire so, Rick Ware's guy, did they? <laughs> so you mentioned the next gen car or Gen 7, however you want to call it, brand-new car, Every everything everything spec-wise in terms of the chassis is the same. The only thing that changes that's going to be different is um, the motor under the hood and this and that. And, of course, they brought in different penalties. So, of course, if you alter um, any, of the, any of the main uh, chassis parts or whatever next-gen parts of the car – so you're not supposed to alter, depending on how much and how bad it is, well, depend on which penalty you deserve. And they have now brought in an L3. It used to be L1 and an L2. Now there's an L3 this year, and L3 is even harsh. Well, it should so, be. Exactly, and these teams are just right there. And speaking of the next-gen car, I'm going to bring this up quick because this is really black flag-worthy. And I know this is going to grind Chris and Craig's gears big time. And they may be going back and forth more than I will be. So I may have to sit back and be the referee of these two (laughs) in a sense. But um, speaking of next gen, we know the number placement, as we talked about last year, is being moved forward closer to the front front wheel instead of being on the center of the door. Well... I'm going to break some black flag-worthy news to you guys because this broke out on Twitter. And I did not share this with the group for this reason. So here we go. There was a 
there was a post someone mentioned about hoping that NASCAR would let the throwback weekend at Darlington for the designers to, when they throw back the cars, leave, put the numbers on the door for one weekend only so that the throwbacks were done right. Well, mm-hmm. there's a designer that works for Stuart Haas Racing. He replied to this post, and he said specifically, coming from NASCAR, NASCAR for throwback weekend will not grant permission for numbers to be slid back to the door for throwback weekend. So numbers are to stay on the forward spot. Well, then it's not a true throwback. They might as well do away with it. What was that, Chris? I'm going to take my ball and go home. Yeah, I agree. That's not a true throwback weekend if they don't do it right. Here's the doubles. I got them sticking to you, NASCAR. Here's the doubles. Here's the doubles right here. Can you see them? Can you see them? Huh? Huh? I got the doubles out for you. <laughs> Which, well, you know, you know Kaz was talking about the L3 penalty. Here's what it includes. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Counterfeiting or modifying next-gen parts. <clears throat> engine infractions and performance enhancements, so you can't use any performance-enhancing drugs, ECU or EFI violations, you can't modify the tires or the fuel, Whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, I know that on Sirius XM NASCAR radio, on channel 90, I believe it is, that there was a crew chief on there literally saying, it's from Stuart Haas, if I'm served correctly. He was saying, we are working on a way to get the fuel into the car faster. So that's the L3 penalty? Come on, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And then violating the private team testing policy. The penalties include the loss of 120 to 180 points. The loss of 25 to 50 playoff points. That would be four Suspension races. or breach. What's that, Chris? What's that, Chris? 140 points. points. That would be three. Races. That would be three races. A yeah. race penalty. Suspension of one or two crew members for six races. <laughs> and fines between a quarter of a million and a half a million dollars. They could also lose postseason eligibility, one rate suspension for the entire team in the event of a repeat high level violation. So what does yeah, it not say? Kicked. What does yeah, that rule not, not even, say? Teams cannot Go even ahead, earn yeah. a chance. Teams can't even earn a chance again to the playoffs or if they get a playoff spot, they can get kicked out. And they should. Wow. If you cheat and get caught, it's going to cost you. If it's that, it's going to cost you a playoff spot. But what do the rules not say, Taz? So they they say, I mean, Craig, they say say fuel. But so, I mean, that's, of course, if you're trying to use jet fuel. But does it specifically say that I can't make sure that the fuel gets into the car faster? Where, where is NASCAR 
not wording their words so that there is still innovation. Because we know we're dealing with racers, guys. We're dealing with engineers. We're dealing with guys that want to go fast. We're dealing with some of the smartest people in the world. Um, that's why they're getting paid big bucks. Uh, you can go be a ball player. You can be a football player. But uh, if you study hard enough, you can be an engineer for NASCAR or for one of these NASCAR teams and probably make boatloads more than the punter does uh, for the Chicago Bears. But I digress. I said I digress. Oh, yeah? Go ahead. Go ahead, Jazz. (laughs) I'm trying to find more of this uh, penalty news because, I mean, yeah, we have the L3, but for those who may not know, they might need to know what L1 and L2 because I do believe they updated those as well. All right, so I found them. Okay. Violations in the L1 category include failing post-race weight requirements, source parts not meeting NASCAR rules, failures in part submission and approval process. The penalty will be a loss of 20, 20 to 75 points, the loss of 1 to 10 playoff points, a crew member suspension for 1 to 3 races, and fines between... Twenty-five thousand and a hundred thousand. So, so essentially, I'm, Chris, so essentially, maybe you can help me out with this. Maybe you can help me out with this, Chris. What do they mean by source parts? That means the parts they get directly from NASCAR. Yeah. So uh, each of these teams have a dealer, basically, um, that they're supposed to get their their parts from. These dealers. Uh, are, are people throughout the industry. Now, if they are caught manipulating a dealer's part or anything like that, it, it is going, uh, uh, it's going to rain down uh, fire and hail um, for these teams. Uh, but, you, you know, I mean, when you're dealing with a source like that, um, you, you kind of you, – you know that they're going to push the buttons. You know that this is going to happen. It's just whether or not they get caught. Right now, they're be, they're aggravated as all get out because NASCAR promised them that they would have three to four cars ready by Daytona, and most of these guys don't have two cars ready. So I mean that was a, that was a big feat to try to build 120 cars, race ready cars for the season with just parts distributors. These teams can make these parts; they've been making parts for years, uh, but uh, they have to come directly from the source, which is which is really a headache right now. Now, a lot of of these L1 penalties, it seems like it's one of those basically as soon as the race is done, they would probably probably detect it as soon as they try to start teching these cars right after the race. Obviously, these cars get teched before the races and after the races, but a lot of... But the signs of L1, it's pretty much basically the, your quick post-race inspection. And then uh, L2, when Craig gets, when we get there with Craig to explain what L2 is, L2, in a sense, depending on the penalty, could be um, right in line with L1. That could be a quick determination to find. Sometimes they could take 
a little bit longer when they go through the post-race tech shed. Um, but go ahead, Craig. All right. So that was L1. L2 is modification of next-gen parts, mm-hmm. violations of the engine seal requirements, Mm-hmm. Unapproved alterations um, of the engine control system wiring. Use of onboard electronics. Penalties would be the loss of 75 to 120 points, the loss of 10 to 25 playoff points, suspension of one or two of the crew members for four to six races, and fines between $100,000 and $250,000. Apparently, NASCAR's not fucking around no more. Imagine Apparently, they're going to play in game. Wow. You know, I mean, apparently, NASCAR's done playing games with these teams. There's literally a they video camera in the car. Is the driver going to pull his cell phone out and just change his traction bar? Uh, through his cell phone. I mean, open up his uh, his uh, you know his his air to the uh, whatever the fuel injection. I mean, what what electronic devices are they are they speaking of here, Craig? Well, it doesn't go into detail. So, so I haven't those a clue. Are... So I guess read the rule book very thoroughly before you screw this up. Hmm. No wonder that can now. Here's the thing. Is it going to be in the rule book? It's a very, it's a very broad stroke of a brush. Um, I can see unapproved alterations to the engine control system wiring. But and but what about you? Yeah, I mean, Chris, you're right. It could be cell phones. Besides, why the hell would you want to have a cell phone in your race suit? Well, I think the onboard electronics. What they're talking about with that is probably the your your speedometer and your other gauges, um, maybe something yeah, but to do with electronic. What's that? How are you going to mess with them? Basically, so NASCAR, if you look with, when you go on board with a driver, I'm going to use SRX, and we'll get to SRX here in this segment, too, in a bit. The if you look at the SRX race, when you saw the driver on board, you saw um, their dash or whatever. So you have like their electronic speedometers and other gauges that were being incorporated on their dashes. I believe that might be part of it. I do also believe part of it could be the communication you have amongst. Uh, the crew chiefs, spotters, the drivers. So I believe you have an, use something electronically 
um, in terms of like something with your dash or whatever, or maybe with your radio communication that NASCAR did not approve, they're going to dock you. I believe well, that's where they're going to go. Like I, said, like I said a couple of minutes ago, NASCAR is not screwing around this year. Um, and they shouldn't be. These guys are professionals. As Chris said, these engineers are paid millions of dollars a year to figure out how to get the most out of these cars. And NASCAR's got to step up the game to penalize them. Yeah, where where they basically said, look, this is going to give the smaller teams a chance to catch up. In reality, Craig Moore, Taz Taylor, these crew chiefs from Hendrick and, and Penske and all, they've been working on the other side of the rule book uh, from day one, and they'll always be able to out money and outsource the the smaller racer. You know, it, it, it is when you're able to sell your equipment to somebody else and build more equipment that's probably better using half of their money. Um, you're always going to outrun your competition. Yeah, there's no doubt. I don't. I don't really see where where the next gen car is going to uh, make it any easier for the smaller teams, but that's my opinion. Um, well, it's going to be stated. These guys are paid to figure it out, and they're not going to share their secrets. And as always, the the cream of the crop. The better engineers, the better the the better sourced, better financially stable companies are going to be able to make leaps and folds over Rickware Racing. Over JTG announced well, today that they're this they're that Ricky Stenhouse has one year, and they're folding the team next year. So JTG getting out of the sport. How about that? Did y'all hear that? Well, today? with well. With the next gen cars, Craig was trying to mention how this is how the underfunded teams are going to get any benefit out of this. The the if you take away the power equipment like the motor, uh, some of the more high tech equipment that teams could are going to put under the hood of these cars or whatever. You take all that away, everything is the same. Regardless if you're a Rick Ware racing team or you're a Stuart Haas team or you're a Hendrick team versus a Petty GMS or Joe Gibbs, it doesn't matter how high or low you rank on the scale for money-wise, performance-wise. Take away the equipment that makes your team who your team is in terms of performance-wise. Take that away. Everyone's on the same playing field, literally, every everything. So, in a sense, these smaller underfunded teams can benefit from it. But the question really is, how much? I I would say a lot of these teams, I don't think they'll benefit much. It depends on maybe, as Chris mentioned, is the funding and their alliances. Rick Ware may benefit in a sense with the alliance with Stuart Haas in a sense. Um, trying to think of who other what other alliances there are. Um, 
2311 might benefit in a sense. Uh, Petty GMS, uh, well, not they don't really have much of alliance there now. Being that GMS Racing and Richard Petty Motorsports just basically combined. Yes, Spire, Spire Motorsports, JTG. Um, these guys are still, they're still behind the ball. They're still, they're still not going to be able to um, modify and basically pay off NASCAR to make whatever uh, they need necessary to run faster. Uh, we've seen it for years. Um, you know, Junior Johnson quit Chevrolet, right? You know why Junior Johnson left Chevrolet, right? Because he had a set of heads that he didn't want anybody to know about. And NASCAR needed to approve those heads. So when Junior Johnson called and asked where his heads were, guess where he found out that they were that they were looked at and tested at? Yeah, no, 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 no other than Hendrick Motorsports. So what did Junior Johnson do? He said, "To hell with it! I'm going to Ford." And that's the whole reason why Junior Johnson left from Chevrolet and Ford. Yeah. Now, how did they end up in a Hendrick shop? Well, Hendrick was going to manipulate the the heads. You know, he, he's seen the technology, so you know uh, the 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 bigger the bigger stack teams always going to get their hands on whatever it is that's fixing to be approved. So let's go. Let's use for instance the 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 lug nut gun. You know, ten years ago it was an open range. Well, then Joe Gibbs got this ultimate. Uh, a lug nut gun that was, you know, that worked for his team and was able to give him a half second quicker on pit stops. What did NASCAR do? NASCAR stopped it. They they deregulated. I mean, they regulated what the type of uh, uh, of the the pit gun that they could have, and they all gave them cheap pieces of crap <laughs> lug nut guns that jammed up. Uh, but uh, you know, they they tried to come in and they tried to stop. It's people from spending seven million dollars on a on a lug nut gun, uh, but uh, you know, as always, uh, as I said before, bigger teams will find a way to modify that rule book to their favor. Uh, least Miss Lee said it best. The more money you have, uh, Miss Lee brought this up. This is a good point. She threw this in the uh, she threw this in our, our message thread. She said, and I quote, parity was the goal, but in reality, the better funded teams still hold the edge. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's so very true. I mean, you're going to have Aspire Motorsports who can't compete with Hendrick or, you know, the, the big five. I'm interested to see, honestly, going forward now with uh, – Roush Fenway Kozlowski Racing, or whatever the hell it is now. Um, RFK Racing, close enough. Yeah. Robert F. Kennedy, right? Um, how it's going, how they're going to compare with the rest. Is Kozlowski's, is Kozlowski's name being attached to it going to be enough to bring that team back to prominence? No, not the name. Not the name, but Brett Keselowski, yes, because Brett Keselowski, man, 
I'm telling you, Pat is a smart kid right there. He, he, he you know, his father was uh, was an innovator of independent teams. Um, Brad got to where he is today because his father did, never stopped uh, and got him in got him into a truck uh, under his own team. Of course, he got noticed by Junior Motorsports because he was taking a truck that shouldn't even be running where it was running, and he was getting a lot more out of the equipment than uh, than what I think uh, any. Uh, uh, a crappy driver would have, and so Junior Motorsports gave him a gave him a chance, and uh, here's Brad today. Brad's a very smart guy. He's 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 learned under uh, Roger Penske. You know, he's been in two big shops, right? He he's been in the Hendrick shop. He's been in Penske's shop. He's got a lot of valuable information. I you know when Tony Stewart jumped ship ten years ago, I guess. Well, oh my gosh, this is never going to work. This is not going to work. You know, Tony's taking taking on a team that is. Bottom pits, Hoth Racing, they're the joke of NASCAR. And uh, within a year, turned them into a championship-caliber race team. Whether we see that from Keselowski as quickly as we what we've seen with Tony Stewart, I, I don't know. But I do have high hopes that uh, um, Keselowski has not just the name to attract a sponsor, is what you're saying. Tony, Tony brought that to the table. But he also had guys like da- Damian Grubb who was, you know, one of the smartest up-and-coming crew chiefs at, at the time, uh, you know, on top of his pit box. So um, we're already seeing the inner the inner hirings of Keselowski. He knows that it's going to take the team around him. It's the small guys. It's the guys that, that we don't know their names. Those are the ones that's going to make RFK racing great again. And, and, and yes, to your point, uh, Craig, Keselowski will – make it prominent with his name, but not just because of the name. It's because we're dealing with Brett Keselowski here. This guy is a smart guy. He knows what he's doing. And I'm right. sure no, and, I, when, and I'm sure with uh, Brad, when he used to own uh, his own truck team in the truck series a few, number of years, not, not really number of years, just a few years ago, I'm sure he learned – the growing pains and, you know, all the headaches, the success and everything that he dealt with. He did, but he also – go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. And I'm sure he's learned the growing pains, the headaches, the successes that came of while putting together the team, how to make the team work where his failures are, and I don't think he's set up for failure this time around. I mean, he's with a successful team owner in Jack Roush. I do mm-hmm. believe uh, Roush has fallen in performance-wise. It could be because of sponsorship or it could be just the talent, driver talent maybe just isn't there. But I do I Bushers do definitely think a Roush – I do. I do uh, want to say Roush is going is is going to start making a slow uphill climb, and that's a good thing. I don't expect them to shoot out of the gate right away. I really don't. But I would, as the season progresses, I would expect this team to be one to keep your eyes on and never sleep on them, and think that they're just a team just to be there, kind of that can perform and run top twenties. I think this team could has the potential 
of being top 10, top 15 at the very worst if they put all their pieces together because Brad still has some years left in his racing career. So it's not like that he's at a point of his career where, you know, I'm just going to race one or two seasons and then hang up my boots and my gloves and my fire suit and leave Chris Busher in the dust. No, I think him and Chris Busher is a great pairing. Busher's got mm-hmm. the talent. I just think mm-hmm. he needed a teammate to revamp him. Look at RCR. Yes. Austin Dillon struggled. Tyler Reddick came in, and look at RCR. They're, yes. they're back into yes. competitive form with the two of them. I think Roush yes. just needed that second driver to up the ante. Unfortunately, Stenhouse wasn't it. Ryan Newman, well, I'm sorry, Ryan Newman just wasn't there anymore. He he wasn't the true rocking man we all know and and become a fan of. Keselowski still has a number of years left. We all know. Yeah, five. Maybe five years. Yeah, I <clears throat> go ahead, Chris. I, I believe Chris, I believe Chris Busher could be the next uh Truix waiting in the wings. We're talking about a two-time Xfinity champion. Uh, this kid has, you know, got him a couple of wins already. Uh, you know, he's waiting to pop. And uh, with uh, Keselowski's leadership, and like as I said in the group, there's a lot of comparison between what Mark Martin was able to do for Jack Roush. Mark Martin was an engineer of sorts. Carl Edwards knew a lot about race cars. It wasn't just his charisma and his talent that he had behind the wheel. It is crazy how full circle we come with Brad Keselowski, the guy that Carl Edwards put in. Well, the guy that Brad Keselowski put into the fence was Carl Edwards. You know, it's just full circle, right? Now Brad Keselowski is, you know, the man of Roush, Roush Fenway. Um, you know, it wasn't, wasn't but 12 years ago, uh, Carl Edwards was putting Keselowski up in the fence. I mean, I mean the other way around. Keselowski was putting Edwards up in the fence, so um, I think uh, I think RFK is going to be a surprise hit this year. I, I expect multiple wins uh, from Brad Keselowski, guys. I, I don't I don't know if he's going to compete for a championship, but I believe they'll zero in on some certain races, and that's going to be the plate tracks and uh, possibly maybe in Atlanta. Or uh, maybe even a couple of road courses. We've seen Keselowski to be a pretty good road course racer uh, over his career. But uh, I, the the guy who's going to benefit the most from all of this uh, is going to be Chris Busher, Craig. I agree. I think Chris Busher will learn a lot from Brad Keselowski. Um, and I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say this. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna predict right now. Write it down. I'm going to predict right now that Keselowski uh, wins a race within the first seven races of the season. I think that uh, I think that he spent a lot of time in the off season getting shit right at Rouse, Rouse, and uh, you know telling them what he expects. Now, going back to what Taz says, and I didn't get an O, so I'm not too sure that not everybody disagrees with my disagrees with my opinion uh, on, on that he's going to win a race within the next set, within the first seven races. And I'm not talking to Bush Clash. I'm talking 
I'm talking actual points paying, money paying uh, race. Hmm. Getting back to what Taz said, um, I totally lost my train of thought once I once I jump ship, but that's what happens when you get old. Um, I, I just think that it's going to be an interesting dynamic as far as what Roush, what uh, uh, Kislowski can bring to the table and teach Busher. On the same respect, let's go over to 2311 Racing. We have uh, the Wiley veteran, Kurt Busch, joining that stable over there. And uh, he's going to be teaming up with Bubba. I'm glad I started, I'm glad I started Bubba, the racism Bubba. movement. I'm glad I started the racism movement in NASCAR Wallace. Uh, yeah, there's more to racing than than uh, race, right? Right, exactly. I'm glad. I'm glad that he's over there. Maybe he can. Maybe that is racist. Maybe Bubba can benefit from Kurt's experience. Um, maybe he can teach. Maybe he can teach Bubba a few things. Uh, like hey, like keep your mouth shut on things and just focus right. on your race team. Right. So, <laughs> there's more to racism than just racism. Is that what you're trying to get at, Chris? <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about racing. Bubba, Bubba. <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> Look, I just want Bubba Wallace to be a race car driver, not a race car, not a race, not a race driver. You know, right? A, a race I don't car want driver. him to be. I don't. I really don't <laughs> want to see any of those guys be considered an also ran. And the only thing Bubba's really famous for is bad. I mean, publicity. And they say any publicity is good publicity, even bad publicity. But can he handle really, bad publicity? He's already said he's got mental issues, so I'm not sure if he can handle being the bad guy. Well, Which you know, what Curtis is off. going to kind of bring out of the bag here because they're going to say you're a, not a bad guy, Bubba, but you're a bad driver. And when you right. become a bad driver, now all of a sudden we go back to the the race card. And not, I said race card, not race car. So the race car is eventually going to push him back to the race card because Kurt Busch is going to show out in this Joe Gibbs equipment, guys. You know he is. Michael Jordan put forth a lot of freaking money, and they paid twice this year for the charter than what they paid for the charter last year. So you know they, Kurt Busch is going to get the best of the best of equipment He's going to go out there, and he's going to whack some ass. And, uh, you know, we just hope that uh, old Bubba brings the tremors. I hope I hope that Bubba can get his head out of his ass and focus on being a race car driver and not a race card driver, as you so thoroughly pointed out. Here's a thought to ponder by Miss Lee, and I kind of agree with this. Um, I'll, I'll give you my points on this in a minute. A thought to ponder, do we see more NASCAR, more top-tier, quote-unquote, drivers looking for more to what their futures in racing, in the racing industry might be after dealing with things like concussions and maybe wanting more, quote-unquote, safe positions? I think the NASCAR drivers of today 
are a lot more busy business savvy than they were, say, in the early 2000s and beyond. Um, they're, they're, they're getting out earlier to enjoy their families and go to a different part of the sport. Even the crew chiefs are. Even the crew chiefs are calling it quits. And, you know, some of them are sitting up in the announced booth and some of them take their tools and go back to the house. Uh, I'm interested to know what you think about that, Chris. Um, Chris? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was uh, getting ready for the – what was the question? I'm sorry. I'm interested – that's all right. I'm interested to know what you think about top-tier drivers getting out early. Uh, and looking for bringing up to Miss Lee's point a more safer position with inside the industry. Well, you know, I think Carl Edwards set the precedent uh, several years ago by walking away at 36 years old, I think it was. Look, these drivers, if they come into the sport at 20 years old, they're going to leave the sport earlier than what, say, Richard Petty or Neil Bonin or, you know, um, uh, David Pearson, Kelly Yarbrough, any of those guys left because basically uh, it's a, a lot, a whole lot of money. We're seeing Eric Amarola, like 36. He said it's his last year. Um, we're going to, you know, th- these guys have better medicine. They have better doctors. Uh, anytime, you know, they get a complete physical every single year, I'm sure that they get a head scan as well. So anytime a doctor sees a noticeable change in that CAT scan, uh, that, you know, drivers going to have to decide what they want to do. I think this test at Daytona where Junior got behind the wheel, it really showed him that, hey, I don't want to be in this car. I don't want to wind up not being able to speak to my kids and slobbering all over the place or worse, dead like my father. Um, so, right. you know, no, I, I think I, I agree. I think that all this will be important and it will weigh on the driver's minds and you won't see – uh, you know, Kevin Harvick, the last of the breed, man. Willie B, I don't see Willie B racing until he's 40 years old. I don't see Ryan Blaney uh, racing until he's 40. As a matter of fact, Joey Logano, believe it or not, Joey Logano could be out of the sport in less than three years. And I know a lot of people are like, no way, but, yeah, Kyle Busch could be out of the sport in three years. Um, you know, we, we don't know. They, they, they've had a better chance now to make money uh, than any. And I know that uh, since the money's not as big right now as what it used to be, as what Jimmy Johnson said, uh, there will be some guys taking early retirement. Now, the younger guys are going to have to make a name for themselves. I, I I think it's a great idea to get out while you can, enjoy your families while you're young. Um, now, Taz, what do you think? I I think Carl Edwards and Dale Jr. kind of are basically the key guys. To, I think the one guy maybe they're missing out of all this, and I'm surprised you guys never really mentioned him, would be Ryan Newman. I feel like if he tested behind these next-gen cars and put his safety aspect, I think NASCAR might. Uh, listen a little bit more. I know Dale Jr. was a big name and was outspoken about it, but maybe NASCAR will do something. But I think Ryan Newman's another one that should have done a next-gen testing car or t- 
test ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, Based off his engineering. Since he's been in a lot of the worst wrecks we've seen in a lot of recent memory. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the safety features that were put into these cars was because of his, some of his in- incidents. Yeah, I yeah, think that's... Uh, right. No, I'm in agreement. I mean, I, I agree. I've already made my statement. Yeah, I have too. I have too. Now, I want to go back to the Hall of Fame inductions. I didn't watch the whole thing. Uh, I actually ca- caught clips of it. But I don't know about you, Chris, but I was thoroughly impressed, or Taz... I was thoroughly impressed with Dale Jr.'s uh, acceptance speech. Getting in as a driver. Oh, by the way, I, I just want to tell my friends in upstate New York, you know, right now it's 58 degrees, clear skies, low of 54. Oh, my God. This guy is a freaking weatherman. Nobody fucking cares. Nobody fucking cares. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, just goddamn. What are you, Jim Cantori? <laughs> I've lived in the South forty-one years. It sometimes gets cold, <laughs> but it ain't cold. <laughs> so wait until it's a hundred. Oh, you know as well as I do. Thirty-one in Florida is a hell of a lot different than thirty-one in New York. Yeah, buddy. Um, it is. No, I, I think his I think his speech I think his speech at the uh, at the uh, Hall of Fame induction showed how much he has grown as a as a person. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't a hundred percent thrilled when I knew he was getting in, and because I said, said to myself, it. he didn't we've, do a whole We've lot. been partners that long, Craig, where we with Mr. CJ Sports sat at the table and said, whether we agree with it or not, Dale Jr. is a definite first ballot Hall of Famer. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And but his speech was Do you think now do you think now that he earned it a little bit more now that you see the whole in depth of his career and what he's what he's brought to the table even afterwards? Because I remember I was the first to say as well after his retirement was I was a big fan. I was his biggest fan when he raced, but I was Dale Jr. fatigued after he retired because it just never stopped with him. Now I'm into yeah. like all of his podcasts and he's, he's, you know, his uh, lost speedways. And I mean, the guy literally got me hooked again and it doesn't even have anything to do with him on the track. So Dale Jr. has literally, he, he's fulfilled his obligation to NASCAR and deserves to be a hall of famer. I stood oh, with you five years ago and said the, the stats really are not there, but there again, if they're going to allow Mark Martin in, or possibly at the time we said maybe Davey Allison, uh, you know, these guys got in. So, you know, uh, it was only fitting that uh, Dale Jr. first ballot Hall of Famer. And, and, you know, I, I think even Dale Jr., Craig, I felt like he didn't feel like he belonged there. Uh, but, you know, it was the it was the moment where he could finally say, you know, I may have gotten in on your curtail, Dad, but at least I'm standing here next to you. 
maybe that's how it was. Yeah, and and it and that very well could be. But I was I was super excited to see him give a healthy speech. I thought that uh, he had grown old as a as a car owner, and you know for. Yeah. For him to give shout outs to people who helped uh make him who he are who he is. Mm-hmm. That uh that showed wonders. Tony Yeary Senior. Uh he 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 definitely getting old. Yeah. Um but I, I seen him I was like oh. The Dale Jr. download has kind of been this interconnected part to where Jr.'s been able to sit down with the people in the industry that got him where he is today. Everybody from Todd Norris to Danny Earnhardt, uh, who passed away uh, not even but a few weeks after uh, Martha Earnhardt, the father, the father, the the mother of Dale Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt Sr., um, the wife of Ralph Earnhardt, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's as, uh, you know, it, it seems like he's played a lot of this already with those who have helped him get to where he is by, by bringing them on to his uh, Dale Jr. podcast, uh, you know, from Larry Mac Reynolds to uh, uh, Richard Childress even, you know. Um, but uh, he's definitely brought a lot of content, and I'm, I'm just glad Junior's in the sport. I want to see the next level. I want to see the, the Junior Motorsports go up to the cup level. Uh, but uh, we do have uh, we, we've got some obligations here tonight to talk a little SRX. Uh, they have uh, put out a schedule. Uh, if you didn't know about the SRX series, we've got Taz Taylor ready to tell you a lot about it. Taz, here's your chance, man. All right. So SRX. If if you guys didn't hear about SRX last year, essentially it's a modern day version of what was used to be known for many, 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 many years, all the way through, I believe, 2004 or 2005, maybe a little bit later than that, um, was the old IROC series. Um, IROC meaning International Race of Champions. Essentially, SRX meaning Superstar Racing Experience. And how are they similar? Well, it's, it's basically 12 equally prepared cars, same motor, same chassis, same spec of everything top to bottom of a race car is the exact same. Essentially, it's like go, it's basically like going to a local go-kart track and you're riding in the same basic cart as your buddy next to you. Uh, they take 12 drivers from different forms of racing, IndyCar, dirt car, NASCAR, um, even a NASCAR modified series driver, um, basically putting them, putting 12 drivers in 12 equally, uh, equal strength cars, put them on a racetrack. Now, how, how SRX is different from IROC, IROC was basically throw 12 drivers into equally prepared cars and send them out for 50, 60 laps at a, at a racetrack. Um, there was no, I think up until the last three years it ran, there was no necessarily uh, like stage yellows or heat race yellows or whatever. 
Um, they basically ran short tracks, road courses, mile and a half, even tracks like Daytona and Talladega. SRX is basically running short tracks, and how SRX differs from the old IROC series as well is that they have what they call they have two all-star ringer cars. One of them is basically a superstar ringer that can only that can run a limited amount of races, usually like one or two, depending on their schedule. Like last year, Greg Biffle ran two, Scott Speedred ran two. Uh, Scott Bloomquist ran one, and Chase Elliott ran one. And then you have what's called the then the other ringer team is basically a local all-star. Essentially, whichever track they go to, a local all-star from that track will be representing many local short track racers across the country. Um, last year, it was at Stafford, the very first race ever was won by the local short track all-star in Doug Kobe, who uh, raced at Stafford on a weekly basis before he became a NASCAR wheel and modified tour driver for a number of years. Um, and then you also have Tony Stewart who raced it, who was the 2021 SRX champion. Uh, you had guys like Ernie Francis Jr. at 23 years old as a seven-time Trans Am champion who was just trying to make a name for himself by running against guys like Tony Stewart, Bill Elliott, Bobby Labonte, proving that he belongs to move up in the ranks of racing. And thanks to SRX, as we speak of Ernie Francis Jr., uh, he has himself a Indy Light Series ride with Roger Penske believe it or not. And this year, they've released, a, yesterday, they released their 2022 schedule with new, with a lot of new tracks and two returning tracks. Last year, they raced at Stafford, uh, Knoxville, Eldora, Lucas Oil, or known as IRP. Then they also ran at the quarter mile of Slinger Speedway and of course, the Nashville Fairgrounds. Well, this year, they're running at Five Flags Speedway. So, Craig, pack your bags and get your tickets for Pensacola, Florida on June 18th. Then on June 25th, they'll go to South Boston Speedway in Virginia. Then July 2nd, 4th of July weekend, the series returns to the returns to Stafford Motor Speedway. And Stafford Motor Speedway has a big race coming up. I believe in April, I think it is, is what's known as the Napa Auto Parts Spring Sizzler. It's the 50th running of that race at Stafford. And whoever wins that race will be guaranteed a ride into the SRX race when the series heads into uh, Stafford that weekend. Returning to the SRX schedule for 2022 is Nashville Fairgrounds on July 9th. Then July 16th and July 23rd, we end the series on two uh, back-to-back dirt races. The first one will be at Pevley, Missouri at Ken Schrader's I-55 Raceway. Then on July 23rd, they end the season at Hart- in Hartford, Ohio at Sharon Speedway. So another reason how this series is different from IROC is that they run on pavement and on dirt tracks. And then what these drivers can do is that after their two heat races, yes, they run heat races, 
essentially a first heat race uh, where you start is based upon where you draw. So if you draw six, you start six for that heat race. And then at the end of the first heat race, wherever you finish, well, you're going to be inverted. So if you won heat race number one, you're starting in the back for heat race number two. And then you have a um, anywhere between 50 to about 75 laps for a main event after the two heat races. Um, where you start for that is basically your average finish from the two heat races. And, of course, YesRx champion will be crowned by the number of points you get at the end of the season. And Tony Stewart, and right now they have no driver announcements, um, but I will say this, being that he's part owner of the series and the 2021 SRX champion, I would say Tony Stewart is probably a lock for full-time 2022. Well, God, I would hope so. He owns the goddamn series. Well, (laughs) there's been hints hints of other drivers. Um, Paul Tracy on his Instagram has made hints of trying to come back. Um, I know Helio Castroneves wants to come back, but I don't know if he'll be able to do full time because I, he does have a he has a, he has a race conflict. I know that being that he's running the IndyCar series full time this year, and oh, I know Jimmy Doug, Jimmy, Jimmy. I don't see Jimmy Johnson doing it, but we'll see. Um, I do Doug Kobe, as I mentioned earlier, he has hinted of wanting to run SRX full time, being that he was the first ever SRX race winner and the only local hero to win an SRX series history so far. The only um conflict Doug Kobe has is I believe it's on July sixteenth, so that dirt race at Ken Trader's track. I believe he has a conflict then, so he would either have to miss his uh, modified race that he's committed to or uh, miss the SRX race if he was committed to that as well. Well, that's... I mean, I I wouldn't mind... Where did you say that one was in, in Florida? Pensacola? That's right. Oh, yeah, five flags. flags, yeah. Yeah, that's a big. That's where the snowball derby's held, Craig. All right. Well, well hours from here. It's gonna be about five hours from you, so yeah, it would be a good meeting spot. Yeah, let's just see how far it is. Seven hours thirty-three minutes. Yeah. There's a weekend camping trip for, for you. Yeah. But it's fun, man. I mean, Five Flags is an awesome speedway, so uh, kudos to uh, such a legendary track getting to host, uh, what is it, the first race of the year, right? Yeah, yeah. first race of the year. Cool, man. A lot of attention will be put onto, onto that deal. And and I'm yeah, very uh, intrigued with the driver lineup, uh, but I don't believe Greg Biffle, uh, I wonder if he's going to be involved in this. Greg, he's, like he, he hinted last, last year. year at the end of the season he wanted to try to go full-time, so he might. I don't know. Um, there hasn't been any clear signage as to who SRX has picked up, if there's any new drivers, any returning drivers. But like I said, um, if I were to take a guess at some of the drivers, I do believe Tony Stewart will 
would have to come back, being not only as the owner, but he's the defending champion. So you gotta you gotta defend the title there. Helio Castro Neves, Doug Kobe, and Paul oh Tracy, gosh. who all raced last year, or have all hinted of trying to get back in this year. What a year Helio Castro Neves has had, right? I think he won in the SRX series. He won at Indy. Now he's no, won he, at the Daytona. No, no, no. Like 24 hours. Helio he did not, did win, not win the SRX, SRX series. Oh, but he was he close to a couple races, of races. He, he, he okay. won heat races, but never won the main that event. That was Marco Andretti. I'm sorry. That was Marco Andretti. You're right. Sorry about that. I knew I knew it was a, a Indy racer, Indy car racer, but it was Marco Andretti. Correct. All right. Well, I want to talk. Uh, well, we got we got the uh, fan question up in the. Yeah, uh, who has that? Chris, I believe, has it. Oh, here's what it was said. Here's what was sent in. I read somewhere that last year's race cars went from a four-speed to a six-speed transmission. Okay, more gears, more speed, I assume, but no clutch. How does that work? What's that? Craig, keep going. Yeah, I don't. Oh. I, I hear something in the background. It sounds like they were explaining a cool aired carburetor or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where that was coming from. I thought maybe it was something you were listening to. Okay, more gears, more speed. I assume, but no clutch. How does that work? I had a '66 Ford pickup lose its clutch one night. Wasn't fun trying to drive and shift it and get it moving. So, uh, Chris, do you have any? Uh, yeah, you have any there's, no, there's no clutch these days in in racing. Um, they, if there is a clutch, it's only used for first and reverse. Uh, but uh, so the, what they call them now is fast shifters, and uh, yeah, you can basically find that same concept in your local sedan. Uh, most of the uh, most of the cars these days are built in with paddle shifting or something to that effect, uh, which is kind of the same similar issue. Uh, with uh, these race cars, but uh, yeah, they've gone from four gears to six, and you know, basically, uh, where we watched a lot of downshifting going on at places like Pocono and stuff to get more speed, we're going to see even more downshifting. Uh, you can see, you know, a drop down to thir- uh, possibly fourth gear, uh, maybe third gear. So I think they would have dropped it into third the old the old way. I don't know if they would make it to third now, but definitely fourth and fifth gear will be more of a Grinding gear. Uh, <laughs> what grinds crazy gears. Uh, so that's come up a couple of times here tonight. But, uh, you know, yeah. um, I'm, you know, I, I'm really not the engineer. I don't, uh, I don't know how much of an adverse effect that's going to have on these cars. I think Gallon Force will ha- make a play into how these cars are. Uh, because, of course, uh, they're going to try their best to make the wheels stick more to the racetrack. Um, But remember, guys, we've not got a new motor yet. We may have changed a lot of the things with the car, but the new motor is – the motor is still the same motor from last year. So uh, they expect the new motor to be out sometime in the next two years with a hybrid-type model. Uh, But uh, so, you know, the the cars are definitely changing, and this year it's going to be a little bit different with the six gears instead of the four. 
But, uh, you know, other than maybe you need to go get a new pedal, uh, a new gear shifter for your iRacing, you're not really going to be able to tell that much of a difference in within the actual race car. It will be interesting, though, to see places like uh, Pocono and other places, maybe some of these road courses where they uh, where, where they how far down do they go in their gears, especially going through carousels and stuff like that. Uh, six speed is more of a supercar uh, gear. I think that we see a lot of those in the uh, IMSA series and stuff like that. So uh, you know, this car is evolving, and uh, we we've got more road course racing. Uh, but uh, all in all. Uh, we're, we are moving in the right direction, uh, but uh, and also, you know, when you got guys who are going through gears, we're going to see some mischiefs. You know, these guys are used to four, four. Now we've got six. So, you know, where it was very rare that we saw somebody miss a gear and blow a transmission. That's uh, probably it's probably going to happen a little bit more now that these guys have two more gears that they have to find while they're, you know, trying to uh, to trying to race and trying to win a race. <clears throat> no, it'll definitely be uh, it'll definitely be interesting. Um, Taz, do you have anything I'm to add to that? I, I out of my wheelhouse, I don't have much knowledge on this one, so I'm kind of uh, I guess a silent partner. Yeah, this is this is one of the big reasons that I wanted to get somebody like uh, like Carl Long back on back on the show so that he could really give us an in-depth of how this is going to change and what kind of effect it's going to have. And we can't wait to be able to, to get somebody like that on again this year. Uh, every year we've had a surprise guy, you know, whether it be Rick Ware's uh, director of competition or uh, like last year, Carl Long. Um, we'll get somebody in here that, uh, that can explain that. And that's one of those questions that we need to carry over uh, when we do uh, have somebody that's above our pay scale and uh, uh, explain to us how the how the true effect is going from a four-gear to a six-gear system. Uh, but, hey, I, I welcome the question, and uh, hopefully we answer that to the best of our ability. We'll receive another question for next week. That's always a great thing about this segment is uh, next week it will be a new question, and we'll have to tackle it all over again. Um, I have a funny story. I, uh, my, my, uh, sister gave me my first, well, not my first vehicle, but I, my first vehicle away from my parents' house. So I had to move, you know, you know how it is. Your parents say, get out of my house and leave the car keys. (laughs) So, uh, I moved out. And so my sister was like, oh, hell no, you're not going to go without a car. So she gave me a minivan, a van, uh, 84 Econo line van. Well, the brakes went out on it, so funny story, uh, they, they wound up giving me a 67, I believe it was a long wheelbase Ford, uh, that originally had uh, uh, one in the tree, which, uh, which was a three-speed on the column. Well, my brother-in-law uh, had put in another motor, and this, uh, or transmission, and uh, this one, they cut a hole in the floor and put a gear shifter through it. Well, they didn't bolt that thing down. And so I was going up a big bridge, uh, just got in the truck, and they were like, okay, now, you know, you got you to gotta make sure it's in gear and stuff. Well, man, I go up that bridge, and I never found that gear. All I smelled was burnt metal, uh, and uh, I, I, I literally destroyed 
uh, everything that Clutch had in a matter of maybe about three hours of having that truck. Uh, so I, I did make it up the hill. I coasted down to the bottom, but uh, just the smell, the smell was something that I'll never forget as I was trying to basically not die and get up that hill. <laughs> so, you know, 18, 18 years old. Yeah. I could probably drive the hell out of it now, but I was not prepared for that then. So I got a yawn in that instead of a, that's a funny story. So I guess that's going to lead us to the next uh, segment so that we can get Craig in the bed or he's just going to continue to uh, yawn on the microphone. That um, actually wasn't me that yawned. It wasn't you that yawned. Lord, I busted his balls and it wasn't even him. <laughs> wasn't me. I actually, I actually was chuckling at the story you were telling. Oh, come on. That was a chuckle. It sounded like a yawn. All right, poll no, question. Was, was that a yawn? Was Craig chuckling or was he yawning? I want to know from you fans. I believe he was yawning, saying, this is boring. Uh, but no, have you ever had any issues with the clutch? As a matter of fact, I got one more. A clutch cable went out, and it sounded like a bomb when it went off. It was a 93 Mustang LX. Of course, those had humongous four-cylinders in them back then. It was a hatchback. And uh, funny story is I had just went on my honeymoon in that car. We come back. The I, I went to shift it. We heard a loud boom and a ricochet, and so the clutch cable popped on it. Well, as they were loading the car up on the rollback, I realized I had wires coming out of my tires. So don't ever, I learned 27 years ago, don't ever rely on Walmart to do your car inspection. Well, that's why Walmart don't do them anymore. <laughs> there you go. See, it's been 20-something years. <laughs> I it's all because of the Creighton Mobile. No, 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 no. I didn't sue them or nothing. I mean, hell, it was just like, wow. I literally was at their establishment two weeks ago to get my car serviced to make sure that everything was, uh, you know, capable of going on a long trip. And uh, here's wires coming out of my tires. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Um, but uh, so, guys, y'all, uh, Taz, are you old enough to have burned a clutch up? My hole in the burning a clutch up? I've never burnt a are you, clutch have up. You old, I mean, are you old enough to say that you burn a clutch up? Uh, no. Okay. Well, so you ain't you lived until you burn a clutch or a transmission. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that on him, Ricky Bobby. Don't put that evil on him, Ricky Bobby. He's about to have a baby. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's a uh, – it no longer goes – it'll go – it, what what what's just so crazy about it is it'll crank up and go boom boom boom, but the moment you gotta put it in gear, it goes boom. If it's a stick, it's uh, you know it's just a boom 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 boom, and and you don't get it in gear. But uh, so now uh, Taz, do you know how to drive a stick? I know your younger generation there was uh, there's kind of a gap there. You guys don't really have much experience driving. I... Do you have stick experience, Taz? Very, very, very little. Not a heck of a lot. So when I drive my old Nissan Pathfinder, I leave the keys in it downtown. My kids are like, Dad, you need to get your keys. I'm like, no, there's no idiot around here that knows how to drive a stick. (laughs) 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 Craig, 
what's your best? I've that and my a rotary. <laughs> that and a rotary telephone, dude. <laughs> it's great. Tell us, tell us about your burnt gear or, or your blow transmission, or tell us, tell us a story about something going off that makes the car go boom. I was on my way to a meeting. God, this had to be. My daughter was a baby, and I blew the transmission on the way to a very important meeting. And my nineteen, like eighty something Toyota bag, bag, uh, Vandegon. <laughs> Actually, this is no joke. This is no joke. I was on my way to an AA meeting, and uh, I blew the transmission, and I went right to the bar. I said, "Fuck this, quitting drinking shit. I need a drink." <laughs> and they never been back. Keep coming nope. back, Craig. Keep coming back. Let me ask you something, Craig. Are you still an alcoholic? No, I wasn't yeah, an alcoholic. I, I never. I just need- I, I just I needed to shut people up. I, I never believe What's what that? they say. They say that you're always, you're always, you'll, you'll die with this disease of alcoholism. I don't, I don't want to no, like make this I, any more than it has to be. But look, that's a, that's a mentality. Uh, I, I am also a former member of Alcohol Anonymous, and I think that the best thing in my life was I found out that I don't have to carry that disease. I don't have to carry that weight with me anymore. I have to get rid of it. And once it's gotten rid of, and once you've had that thing put in the box, leave it alone. Don't go back to it. And everything no, will be say that. No, I will say that once an asshole, always an asshole, and I'll always be one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you know. It takes there ain't no cure for that. Yeah. But, listen, we got about 19 minutes left. We need to uh, talk about the Bush clash. Oh, wow. That's the future. So that's so right. Saturday that's night, Saturday afternoon on FS2 and uh, Fox Sports app, you're going to have the Bush Clash practice at 12:30. At 8:30, you're going to have qualifying. It starts Sunday at three o'clock with with qualifying heat, four heat races. That's going to be on Fox and on NASCAR Sirius XM Radio. And then at 4.10, you're going to have the last chance qualifiers. You're going to have two of them. And then the main event, ding, 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 is at 6 o'clock. Um, Kyle Larson, obviously, is going to be there. He looks to uh, he looks yeah. to uh, continue his dominance. Yeah, right now, the clash, um, it's open to 40 entries. Um, each vying for one of the 23 spots in Sunday's main event. Currently, 36 drivers from 16 different teams are slated to compete, including rookies in Austin Sindrick, Harrison Burton, Todd Gilliland. Uh, I would use my nicknames for those, but I don't know if it's appropriate for the show anyway. Um, Kyle Busch is the reigning Busch Light Clash winner, making the Joe Gibbs Racing Driver two-time winner of the exhibition event. Eric Jones, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, and Kurt Busch round out the list of active drivers with a clash win. Dale Earnhardt holds the all-time record with six. And currently, um, right now, the entry list looks like as follows. Again, 36 teams are in. So you have 
Ross Chastain going from Chip Ganassi to Trackhouse this year. Austin Sindrick moving up from Xfinity to Cup with Penske. Austin Dillon with RCR. Kevin Harvick with Stuart Haas. Kyle Larson is locked into the main event of the Bush Clash, being that he is the champion. Uh, Brad Keselowski now with now partner with Roush Fenway. With now with RFK Racing, Corey LaJoy from Spire Motorsports, Tyler Reddick from RCR. The face that runs the place, Chase Elliott, is in there. Eric Gabarola from Stuart Haas, Denny Hamlin from Joe Gibbs, Brian Blaney from Penske, Chase Briscoe from Stuart Haas. Ryan Priest enters the clash this year, um, driving the Rick Ware Racing 15 car. A.J. Allmendinger enters with College Racing in the number 16. Then you have Chris Busher from uh, RFK Racing, Kyle Busch from from Gibbs, Truex from Gibbs, Christopher Bell from Gibbs, Harrison Burton from Wood Brothers, Joey Logano from Penske, Bubba Wallace with 2311, William Byron from Hendricks, Justin Haley and this year is now into the full-time cup series for College Racing in the 31 car. Michael McDowell from Front Row with his teammate Todd Gillen from Front Row. Cole Custer from Stuart Haas. Ty Dillon comes back into the Cup Series with Petty GMS. His teammate Eric Jones is also uh, entered. Kurt Busch from 2311. That's right, from Chip Ganassi Chevy to a 2311 Toyota. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. only had, is only himself this year with GT Doherty. JTG Doherty, showman Alex Bowman from Hendrick, Cody Ware announced earlier during the offseason that he'll be going full-time racing with Rick Ware Racing. Mm-hmm. Landon Castle will be piloting the 77 Spire Motorsports instead of Josh Balicki. Not sure why? exactly why, but uh, BJ McLeod will drive his own uh, Live Fast Motorsports 78 machine. And Dan and Daniel Suarez from Trackhouse also in. So the clash format after Saturday's practice and initial single car qualifying session, drivers will be placed in their heat races based on their best posted speed. Every car entered into the clash automatically advances to one of the heat races, giving them a chance to move on. Drivers compete in one of four twenty five lap heat races with up to ten cars in each in each heat. Fields will be sold out in a manner in a manner consistent with their initial qualifying speed. Fastest will start on pole for their first heat, second fastest starts on pole for the second heat, and so on. Top four finishers in each heat will transfer to the main event, totaling 16 drivers with a ticket to Sunday night's feature. Drivers who do not advance from their qualifying race will be placed into one of two 50-lab last-chance qualifier races. Top three from those LCQ races will advance to Sunday night's feature. The final spot in the 23-man main event is reserved for the driver who finished the highest in the 2021 point standings, who does not transfer on finishing, who does not transfer on finishing position in the heat races or LCQ. So, essentially, Kyle Larson, yes, he's a lock, so he doesn't even have to, if he really wanted to, he, do, he can really bluff the heat races and still get in. But if he were to, if he takes over a qualifying spot from the heat races or an LCQ, then whoever didn't qualify, the top points driver from 2021 that didn't qualify will get that 23rd 
and final starting spot. Well, so uh, Larson's strategy is I'll hang out until uh, feature time. I, I like the idea of heats. This is going to be fun. Uh, we'll get the uh, we'll get the effect of short track racing uh, with, uh, with what they've got going on, and we'll also get to see some of the lower uh, budget teams that are going to get a chance to get a little bit of data as well. Um, I think this is big by opening up this uh, this exhibition race more like the all star race type format than uh, what the Bush Clash was originally intended for. If you guys remember, it was intended for pole positions. Uh, That was what this exhibition race was, and they would get together. And also one year, I believe it was 94, they allowed David Green, who was actually the, at the time, Bush Grand National Series points winner, uh, was given a, uh, a ride, basically, in the Bush Clash. But for the most part, it's always been a, a a deal where you've either won at Daytona or you have gotten a pole. So uh, definitely this year we're in a totally different atmosphere, totally different racetrack. Um, good move, bad move. Uh, I'm not here to to say right now, but uh, I do have a prediction on what Monday morning headline is going to read. So if you guys are ready for that, I'll let you know. Kaz, I got a serious question for you right here. Sure. What? Chris, have you seen this on Taz? This is not racing related. But have you Uh seen this on Taz's Facebook page? Him doing the cha-cha slide with a cat. (laughs) No. Somebody send it to me, though. I like a good laugh. You gotta. I, I mean, you gotta tell your wife to make that public. We need to embarrass you. I mean, help promote that video. I don't know. I, I was just going through and I noticed it. Monday's headlines today. Monday's headlines. We'll read this. Kyle Larson. Back on top, baby. There's no doubt in my mind he's going to win the clash. All right, so are we making picks now? No, I'm, I'm just saying Monday's headlines today. Oh. Yeah, what what do you think Monday's headlines are going to be? Because, I mean, you could say, oh, it's going to be a big flop. NASCAR drops the ball. Greatest race ever. I mean, but my, my mine was literally – you know what everybody already knows. I would. Al Larson does it again. I would say Bush Clash did it deliver. I think you're gonna have. I think it's gonna so, be. So are you predicting it's gonna deliver? Or are you picking it's not? Because what we are looking I'm, into the future. It's Monday. Did the Bush Clash deliver? I'm no. I'm. I put. I would put. A, did it deliver? And the reason why is because. But you should know by um, Monday. It would, it would make well. Whole, well, you have to think. It would make fans and out and maybe outside uh, people would say, "Well, I want to know if it works." Should I invest in this sport? Because you already have. Well, because you you already have a bunch of 
uh, people that are going to be there that have never been to a NASCAR race, according to Seven certain percent. sites. They're like Ticketmaster or whatever. But, I mean, so you have to so – If you've you ever bought a ticket it. through NASCAR, you know that that's got to be pretty legit too because they have, they have, they have a registered bank. You, you're in the registry. If you've ever bought a NASCAR ticket, you're in the registry. You're either going to buy it from, from the Smith family or you're going to buy it from the France family. So you're in the system. Sorry, Dan. Like I said, you have – I put the headline as that because you're going to have newer fans. They're going to be there for this race, and they're going to put in their aspects. And if you want to keep on expanding your horizons fan-wise for your fan base, you have to put in a title that may, that may say to somebody else and go, hey, did it work or did it not? And then, I mean, that could just tell a NASCAR fan or a somebody who wants to be a NASCAR fan and be like, Oh well, they tried something new and it didn't work. Maybe I, sh- maybe I should give it a chance, another chance to see if I should invest into being a fan of this more, or should I just say pass and I'll just keep doing what I've been doing. Monday headlines. You know? Move over, Amazon and FedEx. NASCAR delivers. There you go. Did there you go. Down the mountain. Somebody just fell down the mountain. Yep. You might want to make sure that they get checked on. It just sounded like somebody fell down the mountain. But but go ahead. No, I'm your your headlines Monday, Craig Moore. Or is it Reinhardt? Who are you? NASCAR, are you, are you? NASCAR delivered better than FedEx and UPS combined. I think. Whoa, are you taking a shot at Luke? What? No, Luke don't work for FedEx anymore. Your own. You gotta come up with your own. You can't copy his headline. You can't copy my headline. What is your headline? headline? What is my headline? NASCAR. What is your headline? Bubba. 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 Bubba fucks up again. I don't know. Bubba wrecks the field. I don't know. What's your Monday headline today? Kyle Larson dominates as expected. No, that's mine. You can't steal. Holy shit! Get out! <laughs> Get out! You've got to make up your own. All right. The face that underdog marks the field. Underdog. Underdog wins bush clash. Here's what I found. <laughs> Okay, you went from Kyle Larson. I, I, I like it. I like it. Underdog wins Bush, Clay. Who's the underdog? Bubba Wallace? No. Tyler Reddick. I thought it was the blackest back. <laughs> Austin Dillon in victory lane. <laughs> Made you think. Listen, I didn't know. <laughs> hold on. No, hold on. Chris and Craig, I want Chris and Craig. I want you guys to hear this right now. If Austin Dillon, if Austin Dillon wins the Bush Clash, I will open up the show singing "Rhinestone Cowboy." Next He's week. the Rhinestone Cowboy. Da, da, da. <laughs> I can't wait to hear Taz sing. <laughs> I've heard him sing. 
<laughs> I've heard him sing. My ears are still bleeding. Oh, oh my God. So, so what is your headlines today? Underdog prevails. Underdog prevails. Underdog, the double D-O-G. Correct. Ricky Stenhouse. Wow. Who is the underdog? Any underdog. <laughs> Somebody that's not Any on underdog. Team Penske. All right. I'll, 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 we'll take it. We'll take it. So that's, that's your headlines, Monday's headlines today. All right. So you want to get into the pick today. All right. Miss Lee said Clash at Coliseum roars to success. I can uh, it, it still feels like you're riding Taz's curt tail there, Miss Lee. But I agree. Oh. I think we're opening a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of possibility. We're we're exposing ourselves to news fans, not like how Craig exposes himself at wedding parties. Okay. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I've been, it's just been on it tonight. Let's go, picks. Come on, get your picks in. Are these are these official picks? Are these on the table? This is where the game begins. No, I are don't these say points so. awarding picks. These no, are not these points are not awarding points. picks. No, these are not points ones. Oh my God, Jesus Christ! Non-point races right. give you no points. Right, well, I'm going with B.J. McLeod then. <laughs> <laughs> You're going with old blowjob McLeod. I mean, B.J. McLeod. <laughs> Is his co-pilot going to be Bear? <laughs> I don't know, but it's sponsored by Trojan. <laughs> and Viagra. <laughs> No, I'll do that, Trojan Warhorse. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, get your picks in. I pick BJ McLeod. I'm going Tyler Reddick. Hometown kid. Going Reddick, okay. Is that Red Dick or Reddick? His name is Reddick. Okay, I but his nickname there. is Riddick. <laughs> Red Dick. Riddick, no, like the film Riddick that Vin Diesel was in. Oh, like Vin Diesel. All right, all right. So let me get this right. Vin Diesel's bald headed. Tyler is red headed. Red Riding but, Hood. But he's okay. Red Dick. Okay, let's go. Tyler Reddick. Is uh, Tyler Red Riding Hood. Pick. All right, and Taz Taylor. Well, Rhinestone Cowboy, you better He's not fail me now. Cowboy. Austin Dillon. Oh my God. Are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, actually, I'm going to go with Free Willy. Really, B? Yeah. What? Full send. Just do it. Oh, wow.
Uh, Miss Lee. Have we got a pick first? Miss Lee said Mr. Rowdy Bush. His nickname I cannot say on radio. And we don't know who CJ picked. Yeah, no default picks, Mr. CJ. We're warning you now. So uh, I want to change my pick if I can. Can I change my pick? Please. While we're on air, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to pick uh, Kyle Petty for the win. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, screw it. I'll pick Kyle. (laughs) I'll take Richard Petty. (laughs) Well, his name begins with Kyle, so I don't know. We'll just uh, just say I picked Kyle. Larson. I, would, I just would rather go ahead and get my bad pick out of the way. I'm not going to ride Kevin Harvick this year. That's for sure. He destroyed me last year. Well, if you guys have not noticed, it's 901. That means we're no longer, I believe, producing on the air. We may be. I guess we may be still on the air. Are we still on the air? I guess so. We're actually a minute past what we would normally have our show, though. Guys, we want to thank you all for listening. Race Chat Live. <laughs> Uh, some version of it. Uh, of course, I think we spent the first thirty minutes talking about other things. But we do want to talk about. We do want to talk about Mr. CJ Sports, the One Ten Nation Sports family, uh, for once again picking up our airtime for this year, and uh, giving us this opportunity. A bunch of friends uh, coming on here. I, people ask me all the time, Chris, why do you do it? Well, I mean, because I love to talk about racing, and I love to talk about it with with my friends. And these two guys sitting across from me, Taz Taylor, Craig Moore, they're my friends. And uh, though we may give each other hell and we may drive each other crazy and uh, set, you know, high standards for each of us, uh, I think we all have high standards set for, for each of us. And uh, um, But when you have a relationship that's been built off of five years of coming onto a show once a week and uh, basically just giving our heart and soul of what we feel about racing, uh, sometimes we have to agree to disagree with things, but to, for the most part, uh, it's just a, a family, and it's a close family. And uh, you know, there's nowhere. I, I just, without saying it, guys, I miss you guys, and I'm ready to talk some racing this year. And I uh, hope we have a good time. Yeah, I, I think that uh, you know, I think that this this season is going to be a stellar season, as I said in my opening. And I look forward to it. I look forward to uh, having our guests on, learning learning more about our guests, and, you know, talking racing and different aspects of racing. I did real quick, I did reach out to a jet funny car driver who is, um, I'm waiting for a date from her as to when she can come on with us. This is actually her final season of uh, jet car racing, and uh, 2022 is her done season. So looking forward to getting her on, hopefully in April. Uh, Tyler Sistra. Yeah. yeah. With, uh, I'd love to get him back out to him tonight. Also, Chad Thompson still getting kicked around at the dirt track, so uh, we need to get him on. Uh, this guy is not let up at all. 
Uh, he got thrown out of the he got thrown out of the uh, the mini chili bowl, the Tulsa shootouts, uh, because basically he was he had an opinion with uh, Braden uh, Bush being given a complimentary uh, 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 what's it called provisional uh, for a race that he didn't earn, and uh, Chaz Thompson was pretty vocal about it, and uh, of course uh, Chaz Thompson's vocal about a lot of things. So I'm on. As well, Tyler Sistrunk, we talked to him. There's a couple of other guests coming up. Guys, what, what guests do we have? One coming up next week, don't we? So yeah, we have Andy week, Crane have, coming up. Yep, we have and Andy, Andy Crane is? He was the um, sportsman modified driver and street stock driver who used to be the promoter of, well, a director of promotions for Bethel Motor Speedway. But I think he's got a lot of a little bit of a different direction this year for his racing plans. All right. All right. What else, guys? That it? So, I believe that's it. Craig, you got anything to plug in? No, I'm just. I'm looking forward to going to Henry County Fair Speed or Henry County Speedway this weekend uh, for opening weekend. I know uh, a couple weeks Hattiesburg Speedway kicks off, so I know Chris is looking forward to that, and uh, yeah. we will talk to everybody next week. All yeah, right. Uh, Hattiesburg, Hattiesburg starts the 4th and the 5th of March. Wada Motorsports Park is going to kick off the 4th and the 5th. Of course, the USCS Sprint Cars uh, will be racing at Hattiesburg Speedway uh, for that big weekend. Kenny Schrader will be there. So Schrader will be shredding things up uh, down in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, for the annual, uh, basically, icebreaker, I believe it is. Uh, where Pete Walton goes around to all of his tracks and uh, speed weeks. I'm really looking forward to that. Also, guys, there's going to be content on Flow Racing all this week, so make sure that y'all are checking Flow Racing out if you have it and uh, watch some of those races. They're racing tonight at BRP. Obviously, there is a delay. It's on Mav TV. Um, uh, they oversaturated the track, so they are upset. There are some upset people right now at BRP which is Bubba Raceway Park, which is another racetrack, Craig Moore, that shouldn't be too very far from you. And we have a lot of connections there with the people that are over BRP. So uh, make sure we get you uh, get you in those gates there. And uh, you could possibly uh, even do a, a, a shop interview with Tyler Sistrunk, who's not too very far from you as well, up in Lake City. So, all Texas. Yeah. Right. So, yes, we're looking forward to some really big things this year. Of course, Tyler Herb is still a crybaby, but uh, um, maybe if y'all didn't know, then uh, go Turbo. You know, keep keep up the crying, man. Uh, let's see if I get punched in the mouth this year. All righty. Well, yeah. I guess that's all. all right. We've gone. We've gone about five, six, seven minutes over, but who cares? We'll close it out. We'll get it. We'll get it. All right, Taz Taylor, close us out, buddy. All right. So thank you all so much for tuning in to Race Chat Live. We'll be back next Tuesday uh, on Facebook Live when Andy comes on to do our guest interview. And this has been the cautious flag of racing radio. Chris Creighton, the DJ music man, Craig Moore, on the Tasmanian Double Flaggers. Taz Taylor saying so on. See you. Good night. See you next Tuesday here on Race Chat Live. Race Chat Live. Just a good old boy 
never saw been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Straightening the curve, planting the hills. Someday the mountain might get them, but the law never will. Making their way. Just a little bit more than the normal life. Just a good old boy. Wouldn't change if they could. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood. <laughs> 